0: Hey, this is Greg. In this episode, we sit down with Sherry Honkala. Sherry is internationally recognized for her anti poverty advocate work. She is co founder and national coordinator of the People's Economic Human Rights Campaign and co founder of the Kensington Welfare Rights Union. She is a resident of Kensington, where she helps shelter the homeless and battered women and works with those dealing with opioid addiction. She was also the Green Party vice presidential candidate in 2012. Sherry talks with us about her work, issues surrounding Philadelphia, and her experience as a homeless mother. Sherry was actually arrested earlier in the day that we met up with her for this interview. And we swear the helicopter you hear humming overhead in the background was some sort of surveillance. It actually left as soon as we wrapped up our recording. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff wherever you uh, consume our podcast. And follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all as The Philly Blunt. And uh, we hope you enjoy.
1: Hello ladies and gentlemen Welcome to the Philly Blunt My name is Johnny Times. I'm Reef Yo this is Greg And we have a, a very highly esteemed guest today She is an activist uh, for the homeless And uh, she's also very active in the Green Party Where she was the vice presidential candidate mm. For the Green Party with Jill Stein in 2012 so. We are happy to welcome to the show Sherry Honkala Sherry, welcome to the show Welcome
2: Happy to be here tonight Thanks for coming Yeah.
1: Uh, congratulations on getting arrested this morning?
2: Yes, at least uh, it was a short stay.
1: Yeah. <laughs> how many How many times have you been arrested?
2: Hmm. I'm thinking probably over 200 sometimes now. Hmm. And there's nothing fun about going to jail, wow. even no. if it's for 10 minutes.
0: What they paid yeah. you for today.
2: Well, uh, I had the audacity to talk about the fact that um, I think that the city of Philadelphia needs to do something about 5,000 people being cut off of $200 a month Mm -hmm. for general assistance.
1: So, so you were so that the general assistance thing, that's that was something that uh, I think that it was a state, right? Is that a state yeah. program?
2: Yeah, it's a state program, but it's an everybody problem because mm. uh, five thousand of the ten thousand people that got cut off uh, reside in Philadelphia, wow. and a lot of them reside in Ground Zero, where I live, Kensington. Mm. So they said that they care about you know uh, dealing with the the crime and the opiate crisis and that kind of stuff. Uh, Now it's just like, you know, off the rocket. It's, uh, uh, you know, you can't go into Rite Aid, Walgreens. It's dangerous from early morning till late at night. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Because people are just trying to, like, you know, steal some pork chops, uh, Mm. a bag of chips, Mm -hmm. do something to
1: live. Yeah. Uh, Now, you spent much of your youth in detention facilities, is that correct? (laughs) Uh, Have you always had somewhat of a, uh, taken up some issue with authority? Well, absolutely. Um, When I saw that
2: the dogs were removed across the street um, by the SPCA and were cared for, and then me and my brother and my sisters were farmed out to other... Uh, foster homes and reformatories because they didn't have better women shelters during that period in history, that's how young I am,
3: yeah.
2: um, that I just decided that every reformatory they put me in, I was going to get us all back together, so I scaled <laughs> every fence. Nice. <laughs> Hitchhiked everywhere, got my family together for about 10 minutes, and then the authorities would come and put me back and separate me from my family.
1: So that's kind of what got you got you started. You think on this on this sort of life?
2: Oh, definitely. Uh, and my heart goes out to anybody that has a similar story to mine, uh, because it's all this conversation about what's happening on the border mm-hmm. has been happening to many different people for many many years. We just don't hear about it. Mm-hmm. And in particular, instead of you know just in indigenous communities, um, African American communities have been like separated from their children because of the whole, you know, criminalization mm-hmm. yep. um, and the whole war on drugs, uh, you know. So, yeah, there's been lots of babies snatched from their moms for years.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it continues now, Yeah, more, more so than ever.
2: Oh, my God, here in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, I just wanted to uh, listen to this great presentation by um, Dr. Munch. hmm Uh, who I recommend and she talked about there's five states uh, during uh, the crack crisis Mm. that not one federal.
3: They're listening. They're
2: coming. They're (laughs) coming.
3: they come. Damn it. You were not Uh, kidding. They're following you. There there
2: wasn't one person in like five states that uh, was white that was arrested for cracker cocaine that didn't get federal charges and I said oh my god that that just can't be it in Philadelphia Pennsylvania was one of those Um, so I was absolutely shocked so now when you see these gajillions of dollars coming in under the opiate crisis right Mm -hmm. and you know you know my heart goes out to and I love many recovering opiate users and that kind of stuff but they didn't do that for African American community. No. Right. And and right now there's 600 black women that I can't get into shelter in Philadelphia, and nobody is looking at the 20 million coming into town to house uh, white heroin addict families. Right. And they close the women's shelter, which was you know predominantly all African American women.
3: Do you feel the city's giving up on Kensington? They just let it let it rot. Because I was there not too long ago, and it just feels like I saw cops down there, and they don't. There's there's no interaction with the with the people. It's almost just like
2: just do what you want. Uh, it's definitely a free for all. Hmm. Um. I you know I've heard some rumors of some good things that might be happening. Um, I definitely am a, a first responder. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because any given morning or night or whatever, there might be somebody that just like um, uh, you know passes out. You know, like I was on uh, Kensington and Allegheny, and a person was just like passed out in the middle of the street, and the cars didn't stop or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> so I just get I I get out of the car, uh, and there's not a lot of people that do that.
0: Um, I think most people can't even comprehend what. KA looks like right now because no. once they got rid of that encampment along Lehigh Avenue, which no. I just realized because I recently drove past Lehigh Ave, it seems like they did that so they could build, and they're building condos or it looks like along the railroad, so you can't have that encampment there. But
2: any thoughts, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs>
0: but that <laughs> no. uh, KA, because my grandma lives at Second in Allegheny, so I have to go up there. And K- Kensington, Allegheny is just, it's not, you can't even imagine what it looks like right now between. I mean, there's trash everywhere, and there's just people nodding out, passed out everywhere. It's it's like a movie scene. Unfortunately, it's not though.
1: Do you think you know? In terms of talking about the same kind of thing, we've been there's been a lot of talk about the safe injection sites. Uh, are you somebody? You're you're there. You're on the front lines. You see this every day, and you deal with it every day uh, with what you do. Do you do you see that as a any? Is there any sense of hope that comes with that, or do you think that's another failed government policy?
2: Well, you, you really have to ask about um, why are they not putting it in Rittenhouse Square. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, uh, a, a doctor said to me, Sherry, if this is really a healthcare issue, why aren't they going to have the safe injection site be at Episcopal Hospital where there's no um, fear around going in and stereotypes or police sitting at the door wondering why you're going into a hospital? But the fact that they're building this separate place um, and the the, the fact that, I'm saying it out loud, former Mayor Rendell uh, is the chair of the board and uh, Sister Mary and a bunch of other folks that get a lot of corporate dough uh, are on the board. I would just ask that, uh, I, I just really think that it's about something else. And every, uh, so for me it's more about the place uh, because you know I see heroin addiction as a, a medical problem and a medical a spiritual you know there's a, it's a bigger longer issue mm-hmm. it's a, definitely a part of the health, health crisis in this, in this country but um, you know the fact that they're proposing it two blocks from my house
1: right.
2: um, and absolutely nobody has a say about it and so you know and they know I live there so they're just like I'm a problem Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know poverty and homelessness is not a sexy issue anymore Mm. it was for a hot minute in the 80s and now
3: yeah because you used to have all these
2: crazy big live aid and all this (laughs)
3: jazz and there was like a, you know
2: Now? Yeah. There's nothing. nothing right. There's zero. It's like, yo, everything is bad in the world. Good luck. <laughs>
1: yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and and you know, you mentioned it earlier and it, you know, we shouldn't have to pick what we focus on or not. I think we should be concerned about all these things, but for whatever reason there's just this insane focus on the border where a lot of things are happening. But why does why do you think that is that things that are actually happening in our city don't really get any traction There's no news There's very little news about it Unless somebody's You know Even if somebody gets shot It's just sort of So-and-so got shot And that's the end of it the, There's no In-depth reporting about it why do, you, why do you think that is?
2: Because they'd have a Our, our city would have A huge problem uh, We've never given sanctuary To the homeless um, And you know There's a lot of racial implications In that too Um You know, I'm not saying that our city treats uh, immigrants any better. I'm just saying that we've always uh, treated, in particular, black homeless women in this country like they are worse than dirt. I I mean, the fact that when they closed the women's shelter and I called every major women's organization, women's law firm, I just figured they were women. Uh, everybody and their mother, that somebody would step forward, mm-hmm. do something, did. say something. Nothing. Nothing.
3: Because of who it was.
2: Well, you said that. I didn't say. Yeah. That. Yeah, I
0: like that. It's like, it's like, well, we had uh, Feminisa Jones on, and uh, she had talked about the amount of the number of black women who go missing, and it's, it's not a story anywhere. It's the numbers are astronomical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. But I mean, that's, I feel like that's just,
3: for me, um, I don't know, I I, I guess I have empathy and I definitely, but for me, it's just always been this way. So it's almost like I I don't know any other different, I've never known a a city or a country where the problems of my community were something that people genuinely cared about on the larger scale. So it's almost like you kind of like walk through this life, like that's just how it is. And I know that's the fucked up thing to say, but it's like.
2: No, yeah, that's no.
3: how it is. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's, that's how why it is. I'm
2: so tired. I'm sorry, guys, but I'm so tired of everybody telling me the people I hang with and I'm around all the time. Like people say that their number one problem is Trump. I mean, <sighs> I mean, I. I, I I'm like Jay Z. I got 99 problems and (laughs) Trump one. Yeah.
1: Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's so far down on. He has so little. He's a fucking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hilarious. That's
2: a no brainer. But there's.
1: But there's so many real problems. I mean, what he tweets is ultimately, (laughs) you know, it it carries its own set of issues, but it's not. What he tweets isn't going to affect whether or not a homeless woman gets into a shelter with right. her kid, and that's what really matters. But right. we've decided, and part of it's just because we, you know, basically celebrity is currency now, right? Mm-hmm. So we've elected this celebrity president, and now the presidency is the bachelor. You know, will he survive, or will he, you know, mm-hmm. will he get impeached, or whatever? Mm-hmm. And it's all just a soap opera. Yeah, but it,
3: we- it, it, it is. It's it's messed up that he's there, but obviously his he's not the end all to be all or whatever.
1: The, uh,
2: well, he yeah. wasn't the one that two days ago um, did nothing mm. in the mayor's office right. to help me get a victim of domestic violence into safety, safety. with their two kids. Right. Right. You know what I mean? I, I wish Trump and his tweets, mm. and they're very serious, scary things that are mm. you're talking about war and ignoring the climate crisis mm. and all of these kinds of things, But I was more worried about, is this woman going to die tonight? Because the city of Philadelphia just doesn't give a damn. And they have a new process for dealing with domestic violence Mm -hmm. now, which is they don't deal with it. They
1: don't
2: deal with it. So now they're just um, setting everybody into the already full shelters. So it puts everybody that's in those shelters, women and children. Yeah. In
3: danger. In,
1: in danger. Yeah. And it, do you think that part of that's just because they can, because we're in a one-party city and there's no impetus well, to I, I, there's, I, nobody, yeah. there's nobody there's nobody on another side saying, oh, this is what we should do. They're all the, all these people are in the same party, so they're all in the same. Well, boat I also think that I, I, it's like we were talking about earlier with Trump. People go right to Trump, but
3: the thing that I'm learning as I get older and and more aware of things is that wiser, wiser. Thank you. Um, <laughs> local like local politics people skip right past that oh, and yeah. we don't we're not involved in that like I, I to be honest, I couldn't tell you how half these councilmen and women are they could walk right by me on the street and that's that's why I feel like a lot of things stay the way they are is because we don't get down with local politics and they they know that. You know what I mean? They know they. Oh, we're Democrats. You vote for us. Well, We'll it's a scary thing because if you
2: get down with local politics, then you better watch. You know your tickets, your garbage, if it's going to be picked up. I, I don't uh, think it's a coincidence there's kid? been a helicopter <laughs> hovering above yeah, us
3: yeah, what the since fuck you said that? that. I don't think that's a coincidence. I'm going like, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm, not, I'm not even joking. Yeah. I don't think that's... For every action, there's a reaction. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if that shit goes away as soon as we're done, I'm like, yo. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah.
0: You're right, you're, right, you're right. Yeah. Uh, can, I, can I just ask you... The
2: didn't happen in <laughs> Philly.
0: <laughs> when you said the uh, domestic violence process has changed in Philly, what has changed?
2: Um, well, uh, not so many years ago, you could just pick up uh, the phone. You could call the hotline, and they would tell you where to go to get safety. That process doesn't exist anymore.
0: Mm. They just leave you kind of out on your. Is own. that like a budget cut? Huh? Is it a budget cut?
2: It's a, um, a full to capacity.
0: Mm.
3: Mm, yeah. So basically, they're just saying it's there's nothing they can do. Their hands are tied.
2: Yeah, but let me tell you this: I have a dollar ninety five, and any given night, I can find some place for somebody to go sleep, do whatever. I'm not the mayor of Philadelphia. I'm not a council right. person. Right, right. Right. I'm not a, a religious leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, trust me, all of those groupings have much more social capital than I do. Right. There's no reason a church can't be opened. Mm-hmm. Money can't be allocated. Uh, they can issue an emergency voucher into any of the empty beds in luxury hotels in mm-hmm. downtown Philly.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, you know, uh, anything can be done.
0: Right. Now you're getting crazy. You <laughs> haven't say <played> luxury hotels. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, and the, and the Holiday and Express, it, I was it, with you. It, Come on. It, luxury hotels. Hotel. Oh. That's the that's difference, it's it. <laughs> <a difference. That's laughs> <difference is> empathy. <laughs>
3: Now, someone that's that's actually on the front lines and in in the thick of it, what is your take on social media activists? Is that something that you encourage because it is still a form of activism, or do you feel like that's bullshit to just be typing away but not actually getting your hands dirty? <laughs> oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, A little finger pointed, just a good time. Well, let, me
2: t- <laughs> t- let me tell you. I'll give you some money for my clothes. You know, I go back to that, I go back to history again. You know, the North Star, and you know the newspaper and the importance of getting our word out. There used to be progressive social media. Now it's all pretty much been. I don't want to get myself in trouble.
0: <laughs> yeah. We don't want to get in trouble. It's we'll, all say, been we'll bought. Say, well, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
2: You know, I mean, I was on a progressive station and they said, Sherry, you cannot talk bad about Wells Fargo. And I was talking about the foreclosure crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think that speaks for itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have no sponsors. We make no money. (laughs) Speak freely.
1: (laughs) Wells Fargo.
0: (laughs) My buddies just did it.
1: The devil. Sherry's going to kill our Wells Fargo (laughs) deal. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) We're just going to sponsor Oh, man. You. We had $20 million on the table, oh, Sherry.
2: Man.
0: My buddies just did a music video in Times Square, and the song is called Banker and a Liar. And the, the chorus is, your profit is a banker and a liar. And they were out front of all the banks in uh, Times Square, Wells Fargo, oh, City Bank, performing wonderful. with signs. That's yep.
2: great. Those, pe- those kind of people are few and far between these days. It's really... I mean I remember when you know at the beginning of like the whole independent social media stuff started booming and then I knew it was all over with when you know Comcast bought the world. Mm. And so yeah. So this is incredibly
0: important. Mm. This yeah. this podcast.
2: This podcast uh, Do you want the shirt? politics around here. I mean, you name it. Sweet. Uh, can
0: you can you call my wife and tell her it's really I important that I be out of the house her. doing this? Yeah.
2: No. Yeah. <laughs> I you know, I will take your wife out to lunch, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> breakfast, whatever. This is like so incredibly powerful. But the thing is, is you guys have to figure out how to duplicate yourselves. Mm. You have to figure out how to distribute this. And when my movie star son comes into town, mm, yeah. That's the number one conversation I want to have with him is how do we take people that are talking about real stuff and we get it out there uh, uh at a movie star level.
0: Right, right. Can I can I pitch him a script you too?
1: Can,
3: you can. <laughs> if it's got good politics in it, yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, now how did uh, He was your son at the time when you were... I believe he was oh, my was son. son, son the, whole we, yeah, we, yeah. we, the whole time. The whole time. Okay, <laughs> I get it. Right. Except for so, the nine you months. He you you was your son, two son at that time.
0: You have two <laughs> oh, sons. Yeah, uh, Should we Can we name I him? Pregnant, I don't know. Yeah. Mean Who is he? How How will people know him? code word no i just kidding mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> I know um, my oldest son uh, who's just a couple years older than me his name is uh, actor Mark Weber and I have to say actor Mark Weber because there's a race car Mark Weber and he's much more uh, okay. popular well, he's,
3: he's a director right now too right he directs as well didn't he yes yeah, 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 yes yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. And you should stay on the lookout. I, there's something coming up, but nice. I can't announce. Cool, cool, cool And it's cool. right around the corner, and he's coming cool. to visit Mama. Nice, nice. Um, and I was Has he ever
3: tried kid. to get you to just come out okay. to Cali with him, just just move, or he knows that's not...
2: I'm his mother. Hell no. Right. Hell no. So... Um, um, so, but the kid... Um, he He's an amazing man. He married um, actress Teresa Palmer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she just signed for her second, uh, television show, uh, called, uh, witches. Okay. So her second series, Mm -hmm. her second season or whatever. So, I mean, you know, they have that really hard life of LA, (laughs) Wales, and Australia. Right, right. right. Um, the truth is, is I'm the mother. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I'm, you know, I'm the family's moral compass. Mm -hmm. So they always know, uh, you know, he'll be in town in October, uh, that it's time to sit down and have a conversation. And, you know, I mean, if people look at my, you know, Instagram and stuff like that, you can see the boy stays in touch.
1: Right. Yeah, for sure. Shout out to the, what's the Instagram feed that we should be following here?
2: Uh, The Poor People's Economic Human Rights Campaign. uh, Or, uh, yeah, or Sherry (laughs) Honkala.
1: (laughs) <laughs> all right, so you're all over the socials. You're 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 in that world. You're not just doing the old school.
2: Uh, well, I I'm really bad at it, and quite frankly, I mean, you know, if anybody's listening that has skills and that's um, a few decades younger than me, we can certainly use your volunteer help.
3: For sure,
1: you can oh. get credits. Yeah, and what and what keeps you? on the ground like like you could obviously you know you've built this resume you could obviously be doing something that you didn't have to be on the front lines you could do something that would still be very helpful but would be something that wouldn't have you to have to you know be in that frame of mind where you still have to see things and hear things that are so upsetting what keeps you on the front lines
2: um you know, I would I would love to give you some like really am- amazing answer, <laughs> mm-hmm. but the truth is, is I can't leave. Um, and yes, I could go do a million other things, but not really. And the problem is this: is I think once you see, uh, look at the once you see kids on a railroad track, and you know how to push them off the railroad track. Um, that's the situation I find myself in is I know how to maneuver, do certain things, dot, 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 dot. Um, And so I can't just walk away. So now I'm stuck. I mean, I've quit this movement 175 times. And I get up in the morning, I look in the mirror and I'm like, okay, that's it. I'm done. Um, But uh, I really feel that um, this is a calling of mine and I this is my historical responsibility uh, to work with other people. And quite frankly, I am totally blessed because I work with some of the most giving people I've ever seen in the entire universe. And quite frankly, uh, besides this wonderful person here, mm-hmm, Johnny, mm-hmm. Um, besides him... The people that I work with that don't have anything get up every single day and they figure out how to give back or do something to help somebody else. And most people, they go through their whole life and they're lucky if they can get like, their kid to go to the soup kitchen and right. help out one day. Right. And I get to see this happening every single day. And so it really keeps me alive. Um, and the other thing is, is because the leader that I am, a movement made me. And so I belong to a village. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, they wouldn't let me go. Of course. (laughs) I mean, one year, I mean, the street administration, they said, oh, sure. We'll make you the homeless czar for the city of Philadelphia. I was going to
3: ask you that. Have have they ever stepped to you trying to basically buy you out? Yes,
2: I'm going to make $100,000 a year. I'm going to have a happy life, but I'm going to figure out how to house everybody in Philly. (laughs) And then they all came together and they said, bullshit. Uh-uh. Because as soon as you get in there, they're going to say something about mismanagement of funds. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to turn people away. As soon as you, you know, take the families and you decide to do X, Y, or Z, they're going to say you violated the policy or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to fire you, whatever, whatever. So, you know, I held a press conference and said, you know, sure, I'll take the job as long as um, the mayor lets me move everybody into the new convention center that they were building (laughs) at the time. If we have an overflow issue. And they rescinded the... John Street didn't (laughs) go for that?
3: (laughs) That's amazing.
1: There's been talk of universal basic income lately. And I didn't know if if you had any thoughts on that, whether that would help ameliorate any of the problems, and if not, if if you what what solutions do you think exist, but we're just not utilizing.
2: You know, sometimes I'll say yes, universal basic income as a tactic, but I don't really see. Now I'm going to use some scary words. Now, is that okay? Use scary mm-hmm. words. Okay. Sure, please do. I don't really see utopia under capitalism. I, you know, I think that all the things that we're dealing with really require some kind of systems change, ultimately. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah. And I think the fight that we're going to get into at some point are these jokers that are refusing to let that system change come. And I think that that has a lot to do with electoral politics as well, because as soon as, like, a radical... Idea comes or an independent party or a third party or whatever, they got to smack it down Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they can't have anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Fundamentally, change the same old, same old. Just even the way I think we have to get away from operating like the nonprofit industrial complex. You know, like you you raise money to have your 2.3 staff people and your Rent for your building, and then your whole job around either climate or homelessness or whatever. Your job is to like raise money for those two people.
3: Right, right, (laughs) right, right.
2: right. You know that thing about like Harriet Tubman? She didn't first write a foundation grant in Mm. order to seek freedom and (laughs) go back down on the Underground Railroad and free people over and over again. She actually was a a fugitive, her fugitive, her whole life. Mm. Knocked on the door. Asked people to break uh, unjust laws in order to keep people alive. Right. That's more of our model. I love that. That's yeah. that's badass. Yeah.
0: Are you comfortable talking about how you ended up homeless?
2: Sure, sure, sure. Um, well, you know, first of all, I did the, the only thing that me and Roseanne Barr have in common is that I had a baby when I was 16 and again when I was 40. Um, but I was a teenage mother. And uh, I was really um, excited because during that time in history, you can't like receive a Pell Grant. You couldn't receive a Pell Grant and go to school and you can't um, uh, receive uh, food stamps uh, in order to eat. Now you can. Back in that time, you couldn't. And so, um, I was finishing uh, getting my degree in education. I was actually in a social studies classroom, and the sheriff's department came in. Uh, A couple weeks beforehand, I had had this huge demonstration, probably the largest in Minnesota, uh, to, they were proposing welfare cuts. And this was before I knew that when you organize something and you have something successful and it's big. There's consequences for those things. Most of the general public just looks at like, oh, wow, that's some great stuff. But trust me, there's a backlash coming right behind that. And so I was teaching in my social studies classroom and then all of a sudden the sheriff's department comes in and my students are there, right? I'm getting ready to graduate. graduate, only a few credits away from graduating. And they said, um, "We're arresting you for two count, two felony counts of receiving uh, public assi- uh, unlawfully obtaining public assistance." So um, they put me in the back of
0: helicopters are getting lowered. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, well, Jesus "Yes, cr-. yes, Sherry." me yeah.
1: in the back.
0: Of,
2: they put me in the back of the squad car in front of all my students, and uh, I was born that day. Uh, My mother had to uh, take her money and get me out of jail, and I became the first welfare recipient in the entire country to plead not guilty uh, to welfare fraud charges, because I wanted a jury to convict me. I wanted a jury to tell me how I could have stayed alive and not had my kids taken from me like I was taken from my mother. Uh, if I hadn't done exactly what I was doing, so right. hmm. so of course I became uh, not guilty in the interest of justice. Uh, but then after that, uh, I was you know I couldn't work at anymore as that student teacher. Uh, my life went. I couldn't pay the rent, and so um, I had a, a car. I began living in my car. Uh, I told Mark. I said, Mark, you know, we're going in the car. (laughs) We're going to live in the car. Put all my stuff in storage. And um, on the second night, I got my second flat tire in a week. And had to park on the roadside. I found a friend I could stay at their house. And my car was totaled by a drunk driver, Mm. which was my house. Mm. So Thank God
3: you guys weren't in there. yeah. Yeah. So
2: then, you know. I don't know it was like I snapped right and so I found out about this phenomenon of people taking over abandoned heated government owned properties in the north Mm -hmm. and I said you know nobody was going to take my kid away from me and I couldn't get into the city shelters and so I began uh, taking upwards of you know 2030 my largest was you know 70 some abandoned properties and moving uh, homeless families and victims of domestic violence into heated owned vacant properties in Minnesota during the winter.
3: Wow. Saved lives. I think so. Yeah, you would die in a Minnesota winter without heat. You know, yeah. that's just. But that's Hell the thing.
2: It's like, yeah. How the fuck do you they, not? They keep the heat on. So, like, in empty houses in the wintertime. So we just said we were borrowing them right. until they could. You yeah. yeah. Know. So
0: why is that? So pipes won't freeze. So pipes don't freeze. Wow. You know, pipes
1: are important. Yeah,
0: they are. <laughs> <laughs> the pipes won't. Oh wow, yeah, wow. Well,
1: <laughs> makes sense, is crazy. Yeah. yeah. I think about it. Tell us a little bit about the 2012 election when you were nominated to be the vice presidential candidate for Jill Stein uh, what what was that like and uh, would you ever want to be that involved with national politics again
2: well uh, running for one of this country's highest offices is like um, getting hit by a Mack truck and then it backing up and rolling over you again mm. several times mm. uh, but I encourage people to run for office <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, so when uh, Dr. Jill Stein first called me, uh, I didn't know who she was. Uh, she told me that she was on a short list. I was on a short list to run for be her vice presidential candidate. And she said, you know, you got to promise not to tell anybody, blah, blah, blah. I said, Absolutely. I said, you know, first I got to check with a bunch of mentors, see what they think about it. I got to get approval of what I do with my life at this point. And she said, yeah, I understand that. So of course I told everybody, their mother, their dog, you name it, um, because I was, uh, my ego was so big. Like, yeah, I'm a president. <laughs> oh, somebody wants me to be vice presidential <laughs> candidate. And I was like that, because I was absolutely sure. Once she vetted me, mm-hmm. her team vetted me, there is no way in hell right. I would be chosen. Right. So that's why I told everybody, <laughs> right? Because right? right. that, was, that was gonna be my extent, right, until yeah. she announced who the real vice presidential yeah. candidate was was going to be so I'm sure you know what happened when she called me Mm. and told me I was chosen I had a heart attack (laughs) I had oh my god I just like I couldn't believe it Um, and I was terrified and um, uh, it made things worse because I had made a list of like a hundred people and I called out everybody and asked them, should I? And they mm-hmm. said, you have to. Right. You have to. We, need to. we need you to do this. And so it became even more terrifying. But, I mean, you know, if you run for office, there's nothing that they're not going to talk about about you. Right. And uh, your enemies get bigger and better. Mm-hmm. And they come everywhere, and they're in every audience, and Mm -hmm. all of those kinds of things. And it has impact on your your children too. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, it was a good campaign. Little did I know that later on in life, uh, you know, this is a much longer conversation. At some point, um, that. You know, little did I know that the media would say that Jill would become a Russian spy and responsible for Trump being president, um, which I find absolutely terrifying and hilarious at the same time, (laughs) Uh, because I can guarantee you she's just a sophisticated, um, very intelligent doctor. Mm -hmm. Who wanted to do good. wanted to do good things. And, you know, it just reminded me, you know, I mean, all through history, um, the more that you're on point uh, about the things that you say and when you stand up to real power in this country, they're going to stone you. Mm -hmm. They're going to hang you. They're going to tell you you are crazy. Mm -hmm. They're going to do all those kinds of things. So uh, she's a beast. Uh, She's, you know, she's still doing good. Uh, you know, I mean, they wanted her to, like, jump off a bridge or something. Uh, but she never did. You know, I mean, and uh, I, I hope someday that people get to know, you know, the, the amount of death threats, um, just the absolute horrifying stuff mm. that a person has to go through when they're willing to say the things out loud mm. that most of us, you know, would only dream of doing. Right.
0: She didn't bring you to Moscow or anything?
2: (laughs) they keep showing that one picture over again she sat at the the table table. (laughs) (laughs) she was a double spy
3: the two two red arrows pointing at her head (laughs) Uh,
2: and then you go over to her house right and her and her husband her dog and her kids and her they're just sitting there having Sunday dinner like hey what's
0: up (laughs) I mean no they're having goulash worse
2: than that they travel they have travel all over the world Mm -hmm. doing being unsung heroes with surgeries and Mm -hmm. you know uh doctors um across borders Mm -hmm. i mean they've say literally saved (laughs) gajillions of lives
3: you'll never know about that yeah Mm -hmm. that's the great thing about it though Uh, you know that's i think that's true charity is to when you don't know you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah Uh
1: All right, we're gonna take it there. there let's goes. go. Let's do it. All right, let's see what we got here. <laughs> Wait, you got it? Do you? Does she know? Oh, the Philly blunt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We do this segment where we just re- shoot you rapid fire questions. Rapid fire uh, questions. Rapid fire answer. Bung, yep. Bang bang okay.
2: bang. All right, all
1: right. Uh, Eagles going back to the Super Bowl this year. Absolutely. All right. Do you believe in ghosts? Absolutely. Favorite place to eat in the city. <gasps> My house. Nice. You can book any band or artist for your birthday party this year. Who's it going to be? Cardi B.
2: <laughs>
0: are you religious? Spiritual. How do you relax?
2: Corona.
1: <laughs> what bad habit are you trying to break uh, trying to break? Mm, I'll take the fifth.
0: <laughs> First concert.
2: Earth, Wind, and Fire.
0: Nice. Nice.
3: How
1: do you know when you win an argument?
2: I always win.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What song makes you want to dance?
2: All of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All music.
0: Favorite Philadelphia neighborhood?
2: Kensington.
3: Mm. Uh, Memoirs ever coming?
2: Sure. One day. one day I'll have to change a lot of things I think that's why my son came up with reality cinema ah gotcha Mm,
1: I think she's dropping some hints here I don't think she can legally give us any answers but I think she might be might be dropping a couple hints change
2: the name place and location
1: there you go Uh, what was your least favorite subject in school math money
0: Mm, favorite comfort food
2: (laughs) macaroni and cheese
0: uh,
3: favorite place to travel Outside of Philadelphia
2: Africa
1: mm. Where'd you go Kenya Nice What album do you take with you To a desert island
2: hmm. Santana
3: Will an independent party Ever come into real power
2: Our future depends on it
0: mm. Alright Alright uh, I, I check out on Twitter. I got to ask her. You follow Jack Wagner? Who's that? <laughs> He's a he was a, a star on General Hospital, and he had a couple of really bad songs. <laughs> <laughs> and as usual, you're going to act like you have no idea who Jack yeah. Wagner is.
1: Yeah, Greg, Greg always always finds these obscure stars on people's oh, Twitter that's feeds. Interesting.
0: Yeah, and then attacks. Right. And then jumps so on. So you the d- floor. You'd have a crush on Jack Wagner on General Hospital?
2: No, but I definitely every day that I. Um, uh, skipped school. I watched General Hospital. and go. I knew about Laura and Luke. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. part
0: of that whole crew. Right, who's, who's, who's your uh, who is your star crush?
2: My star crush. It was um, Jackson Brown for a long you time. You
0: follow him too? That was good. that was a toss up between Jack uh-huh. Wagner, and Jackson Jack, Brown. Jackson Brown's on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. All right.
2: It ain't him. Yeah, it ain't
3: him. Yeah, it's his <laughs> assistant. It ain't him. Yeah.
2: It was Jackson Brown for a long time. Yeah. But now I can't, I can't say Because he's alive And he follows me on track. <laughs> oh, Come on Uh-oh, Oh man, man.
1: Come on. We'll have to dig deep. Yeah. yeah.
2: No I can't. I he's a rap artist. Oh. <laughs> uh,
3: where can people find you at? Where to look up your information, handles, all that jazz? Thank
2: you. Mm-hmm. Um, go to economichumanrights.org. That's economichumanrights.org. Uh, but most of the time you can see, uh, which you didn't ask about, uh, hashtag uh, the Poor People's Economic Human Rights Campaign or the Poor People's Army Uh, because we see ourselves coming into formation similar to the Zapatistas at some time in history.
0: Mm. Okay. Good stuff. Thank you. Thanks, O'Neal's, for giving us a nice outdoor space and the FBI for the <laughs> surveillance. <laughs> it the made, background noise. It it, it's, it's perfect for her interview. That there was yeah, helicopters right, in the background. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's right. a beautiful yeah. outdoor patio space. Oh, and many wow. people know, don't know they oh, have yeah, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No,
1: I think this is one of the most that's underrated. Wonderful. Yeah. I think this. I think I never this knew is, this was back here. Right. Nobody does. I it's love like this. That's kind of what I love about it. That's kind of what I love about it. You come
0: back here. Do they, they ever open it up? Yeah. It's open every night. And sometimes they have a TV with the Phillies games or ball games on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, my I'm definitely
2: coming here.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks again, Sherry,
1: and uh we'll talk to you guys soon. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. All
2: right. Thank you.
1: It's the sound of
2: Philadelphia.
3: Yo, yo, welcome to the home of brotherly love. Brothers covered in blood. The man's office is covered in bugs. The youth dreams cut short.